18. Itinal. It should also be observed that the folds of the drapery near the hips are somewhat altered in the finished work in the Louvre, while the London copy shows a greater resemblance to this study in that particular. 3. A study in red chalk for the bust of the infant Christ number 3 in the Windsor Collection Place Exilidi. The well-known silver point drawing on pale green paper, in the Louvre, of a boy's head number 363 in Ariasini. Notice did seems to me to be a slightly altered copy, either from the original picture or from this red chalk study. 4. A silver point study on greenish paper, for the head of John the Baptist, reproduced on page 342. This was formerly in the Codex Valardi and is now exhibited among the drawings in the Louvre. The lights are, in the original, heightened with white. The outlines, particularly round the head and ear, are visibly restored. There is a study of an outstretched hand number 288 in the Windsor Collection which was published in the Grosvenor Gallery publication, 1878, simply under the title of, Number 72 Study of a Hand, pointing, which, on the other hand, I regard as a copy by a pupil. The action occurs in the kneeling angel of the Paris picture and not in the London copy. These four genuine studies form, I believe, a valuable substitute in the absence of any misnotes referring to the celebrated Paris picture. Bernardo di Bandino's portrait, 664, a tan-colored small cap, a doublet of black serge, a black jerkin lined a blue coat lined, with fur of fox's breasts and the collar of the jerkin covered with black and white stippled velvet Bernardo di Bandino Baroncelli, black hose. Footnote, these eleven lines of text are by the side of the pen and ink drawing of a man hang place elixiri. Number 1. This drawing was exhibited in 1879 at the Ecole de Arts in Paris and the compilers of the catalogue amused themselves by giving the victim's name as follows, and Pendu, Vinudin Long Robe, Le Mains Live Sueur Lidas. Bernardo di Bandino Baronigny, Marchand de Pendulons, see Catalogue Descriptif de Dessins de Mailers Anciens Exposes à l'École de Beaux-Arts, Paris 1879, number 83, pages 9-10. Now, the criminal represented here, is none other than Bernardino di Bandino Baroncelli the murderer of Giuliano di Medici, whose name as a coadjutor in the conspiracy of the Pazzi has gained a melancholy notoriety by the tragedy of the 26th April 1478. Bernardo was descended from an ancient family and the son of the man who, under King Ferrante, was president of the High Court of Justice in Naples. His ruined fortunes, it would seem, induced him to join the Pazzi. He and Francesco Pazzi were entrusted with the task of murdering Giuliano di Medici on the fixed day their victim not appearing in the cathedral at the hour when they expected him. The two conspirators ran to the palace of the Medici and induced him to accompany them. Giuliano then took his place in the chancel of the cathedral, and as the officiating priest raised the host the sign agreed upon Bernardo stabbed the unsuspecting Giuliano in the breast with a short sword, Giuliano stepped backwards and fell dead. The attempt on Lorenzo's life however, by the other conspirators at the same moment, failed of success. Bernardo no sooner saw that Lorenzo tried to make his escape towards the sacristy, than he rushed upon him, and struck down Francesco Nori who endeavored to protect Lorenzo, how Lorenzo then took refuge behind the brazen doors of the sacristy, and how, as soon as Giuliano's death was made known, the further plans of the conspirators were defeated, while a terrible vengeance overtook all the perpetrators and accomplices, this is no place to tell. Bernardo Bandini alone seemed to be favored by fortune, 
he hid first in the tower of the cathedral, and then escaped and discovered from Florence, Poliziano, who was with Lorenzo in the cathedral, says in his Conjurationis Pactiane Commentarium, Bandinus Fugitans in Tavernatum in Sight, a quo in a Receptus Pervenit, and Gino Caponi in summing up the reports of the numerous contemporary narrators of the event, says, Bernardo Bandini recurverado in costum in Napoli, fu par ordine del sultano preso e consegnato a Antonio di Bernardino di Medici, che Lorenzo aveva mandato a posto in Turchia, cosiera gran la potenza di questuono e gran la voglia di far mostra e che non restasse in vita che il fratello, fu egli applicato appena giunto, storia della Repubblica di Firenze ii. 377. 378. Details about the dates may be found in the Cronicita di Belfredello Strinati Alfieri, Bernardo di Bandino Bandini Sopredito Northeast Venpreso di Agostin in Apodia di 14. Dicembre 1479 e disseminato. Che fu al Bargello. Fu in Piccato di Bargello alado alla domina e di 29. Dicembre in CCCC LXXIX Che di Stat. It may however be mentioned with reference to the mode of writing the name of the assassin that, though most of his contemporaries wrote Bernardo Bandini, in the brief Chronicon Caroli Petri di Giovanninis he is called Bernardo di Bandini Baruncelli, and, in the Sententiae Domini Matthii di Toscana, Bernardus Giovannis Bandini di Baruncellis, as is written on Leonardo's drawing of him when hanged, now Vasari, in the life of Andrea del Castagno volume II, 680, Education Milanese 1878, tells us that in 1478 this painter was commissioned by order of the Signoria to represent the members of the Pazzi conspiracy as traitors, on the facade of the Palazzo del Podesta the Bargello. This statement is obviously founded on a mistake, for Andrea del Castagno was already dead in 1457. He had however been commissioned to paint Rinaldo di Albizzi, when declared a rebel and exiled in 1434 and his adherents, as hanging head downwards, and in consequence he had acquired the nickname of Andrea di Limpicati. On the 21st July 1478 the Council of Eight came to the following resolution, Item Servatis etc. Deliberabarunt et Sandiabarunt Sandro da Vaselli pro ejus labor in Pignando Proditor's floor, Quadrigin de Largos, C.G. and Mylaniusi, Arch, Star, VI 1862 page 5 note, as has been told, Giuliano di Medici was murdered on the 26th April 1478, and we see by this that only three months later Bavicelli was paid for his painting of the Proditors. We can however hardly suppose that all the members of the conspiracy were depicted by him in fresco on the facade of the palace, since no fewer than 80 had been condemned to death. We have no means of knowing whether, besides Bavicelli, any other painters, perhaps Leonardo, was commissioned when the criminals had been hanged in person out of the windows of the Palazzo del Podesta to represent them thereafterwards in effigy in memory of their disgrace. Nor do we know whether the assassin who had escaped may at first not have been provisionally represented as hanged in effigy. Now, when we try to connect the historical facts with this drawing by Leonardo reproduced on place Alexii, Mumbrai and the full description of the conspirator's dress and its color on the same sheet, there seems to be no reasonable doubt that Bernardo Bandini is here represented as he was actually hanged on December 29, 1479, after his capture at Constantinople. The dress is certainly not that in which he committed the murder, 
a long furred coat might very well be worn at Constantinople or at Florence in December, but hardly in April. The doubt remains whether Leonardo described Bernardo's dress so fully because it struck him as remarkable, or whether we may not rather suppose that this sketch was actually made from nature with the intention of using it as a study for a wall painting to be executed. It cannot be denied that the drawing has all the appearance of having been made for this purpose, be this as it may. The sketch under discussion proves, at any rate, that Leonardo was in Florence in December 1479 and the note that accompanies it is valuable as adding one more characteristic specimen to the very small number of his MSS, that can be proved to have been written between 1470 and 1480. Notes on the Last Supper 665-668-665 One who was drinking and has left the glass in its position and turned his head towards the speaker. Another, twisting the fingers of his hands together turns with stern brows to his companion. Another with his hands spread open shows the palms, and shrugs his shoulders up his ears making a mouth of astonishment. Another speaks into his neighbor's ear and he, as he listens to him, turns towards him to lend an ear, while he holds a knife in one hand, and in the other the loaf half cut through by the knife. Another who has turned, holding a knife in his hand, upsets with his hand a glass on the table. Footnote 665. 666. In the original Miz there is no sketch to accompany these passages, and if we compare them with those drawings made by Leonardo in preparation for the composition of the picture place XLV, XLVI, compare also place LII, 1 and the drawings on page 297 it is impossible to recognize in them a faithful interpretation of the whole of this text, but, if we compare these passages with the finished picture see page 334 we shall see that in many places they coincide. For instance, compare number 665, 1, 6, 8, with the fourth figure on the right hand of Christ. The various actions described in lines 9, 10, 13, 14 are to be seen in the group of Peter, John and Judas. In the finished picture however it is not a glass but a salt cellar that Judas is upsetting. 666. Another lays his hand on the table and is looking. Another blows his mouth full. Another leans forward to see the speaker shading his eyes with his hand. Another draws back behind the one who leans forward, and sees the speaker between the wall and the man who is leaning footnote, 6. Chinato. I have to express my regret for having misread this word, written Sinato in the original, and having altered it to, Siklu, when I first published this text, in the Academy for November 8, 1879 immediately after I had discovered it and subsequently in the small biography of Leonardo da Vinci Great Artists page 29, footnote, in number 666, line I must refer to the furthest figure on the left, 3, 5 and 6 describe actions which are given to the group of disciples on the left hand of Christ, 667, Christ, Count Giovanni, the one with the Cardinal of Mortaro, footnote, as this note is in the same small manuscript as the passage here immediately preceding it. I may be justified in assuming that Leonardo meant to use the features of the person here named as a suitable model for the figure of Christ, the celebrated drawing of the head of Christ, now hanging in the Brera Gallery at Milan, has obviously been so much restored that it is now impossible to say, whether it was ever genuine, we have only to compare it with the undoubtedly genuine drawings of heads of the disciples in Pi, XLVII. XLVII and L to admit that not a single line of the Milan drawing in its present state can be by the same hand, 
668. Philip, Simon, Matthew, Thomas, James the Greater, Peter, Philip, Andrew, Bartholomew, footnote, CPI, XLVI. The names of the disciples are given in the order in which they are written in the original, from right to left, above each head. The original drawing is here slightly reduced in scale, it measures 39 centimeters in length by 26 in breadth. 669. On the Battle of Enviari. Florentine Mary di Gino Caponi Bernardito di Medici Micheletto, Niccolo di Apisa Conte Francesco Pietro Giancarlo Guelfo Orsino, Messer Rinaldo di Lialbizi begin with the address of Niccolo Piccinino to the soldiers and the banished Florentines among whom are Messer Rinaldo di Lialbizi and other Florentines, then let it be shown how he first mounted on horseback in armor, and the whole army came after him forty squadrons of cavalry, and two thousand foot soldiers went with him. Very early in the morning the Patriarch went up a hill to reconnoiter the country, that is the hills, fields and the valley watered by a river, and from thence he beheld Niccolo Piscinino coming from Borgo San Sepolcro with his people, and with a great dust, and perceiving them he returned to the camp of his own people and addressed them. Having spoken he prayed to God with clasped hands, when there appeared a cloud in which Saint Peter appeared and spoke to the Patriarch. 500 cavalry were sent forward by the Patriarch to hinder or check the rush of the enemy. In the foremost troop Francesco the son of Niccolo Piccinino was the first to attack the bridge which was held by the Patriarch and the Florentines. Beyond the bridge to his left he sent forward some infantry to engage ours, who drove them back, among whom was their captain Micheletto whose lot it was to be that day at the head of the army. Here, at this bridge there is a severe struggle. Our men conquer and the enemy is repulsed. Here Guido and Astor, his brother, the Lord of Faenza with a great number of men, reformed and renewed the fight, and rushed upon the Florentines with such force that they recovered the bridge and pushed forward as far as the tents. But Simonito advanced with six hundred horse, and fell upon the enemy and drove them back once more from the place, and recaptured the bridge, and behind him came more men with two thousand horse soldiers and thus for a long time they fought with varying fortune. But then the Patriarch, in order to divert the enemy, sent forward Niccolo di Apisa and Napoleon Orsino, a beardless lad, followed by a great multitude of men, and then was done another great feat of arms. At the same time Niccolo Piccinino urged forward the remnant of his men, who once more made ours give way, and if it had not been that the Patriarch set himself at their head and, by his words and deeds controlled the captains, our soldiers would have taken to flight. The Patriarch had some artillery placed on the hill and with these he dispersed the enemy's infantry, and the disorder was so complete that Niccolo began to call back his son and all his men, and they took to flight towards Borgo, and then began a great slaughter of men, none escaped but the foremost of those who had fled or who hid themselves. The battle continued until sunset, when the Patriarch gave his mind to recalling his men and burying the dead, and afterwards a trophy was erected. Footnote, 669. This passage does not seem to me to be in Leonardo's hand, though it has hitherto been generally accepted as genuine. Not only is the writing unlike his, but the spelling also is quite different. I would suggest that this passage is a description of the events of the battle drawn up for the painter by order of the Signoria, perhaps by some historian commissioned by them, to serve as a scheme or program of the work. The whole tenor of the style seems to me to argue in favor of this theory, and besides, it would be in no way surprising that such a document should have been preserved among Leonardo's autographs. 
allegorical representations referring to the Duke of Milan 670-673-670. Erderman with blood daily as a, between calm weather and a representation of a tempest. Footnote, 670. Only the beginning of this text is legible, the writing is much effaced and the sense is consequently obscure. It seems to refer like the following passage to an allegorical picture. 671. I am moral with spectacles. And envy depicted with false report and justice black for I'll moral. Labor as having a branch of vine or a screw in her hand. 672. I'll moral as representing good fortune. With hair. And robes. And his hands in front. And Messer Gaultieri taking him by the robes with a respectful air from below. Having come in from the front. Again. Poverty in a hideous form running behind a youth. I'll moral covers him with the skirt of his robe and with his guilt scepter he threatens the monster, a plan with its roots in the air to represent one who is at his last, a robe and favor, of tricks or of magpies and of burlesque poems or of starlings, those who trust themselves to live near him, and who will be a large crowd, these shall all die cruel deaths, and fathers and mothers together with their families will be devoured and killed by cruel creatures. Footnote, 110 have already been published by Amoretti in Memori Storica Cap. XII. He adds this note with regard to Baltieri, a questo em Baltieri come a duomo generoso e benefico scrivi il bellinzioni un sommetto pag. 174 par chi e il tondio rendendo ravioni il lodo vico il moro. Perch publicus li rind del bellinzioni, si io han i imposto. Glidice, o humano fideli. Prudenti solicito executor deli tuoi comandamenti gualtero. Chafa in tutlicos of tu posi far util. Agni studio vi medi. A somewhat mysterious and evidently allegorical composition a pen and ink drawing at Windsor. See plural LVII. Contains a group of figures in which perhaps the idea is worked out which is spoken of in the text. Lines 15-673. He was blacker than a hornet. His eyes were as red as a burning fire and he rode on a tall horse six spans across and more than twenty long with six giants tied up to his saddle bow and one in his hand which he gnawed with his teeth. And behind him came boars with tusks sticking out of their mouths. Perhaps ten spans. Allegorical representations 674, 678, 674. Above the helmet place a half globe, which is to signify our hemisphere. In the form of the world, on which let there be a peacock, richly decorated, and with his tail spread over the group, and every ornament belonging to the horse should be of peacock's feathers on a gold ground, to signify the beauty which comes of the grace bestowed on him who is a good servant, on the shield a large mirror to signify that he who truly desires favor must be mirrored in his virtues, on the opposite side will be represented fortitude, in like manner in her place with her pillar in her hand, robed in white, to signify and all crowned, and prudence with three eyes. The housing of the horse should be of plain cloth of gold closely sprinkled with peacock's eyes, and this holds good for all the housings of the horse, and the man's dress, and the man's crest and his neck chain are of peacock's feathers on golden ground. On the left side will be a wheel, the center of which should be attached to the center of the horse's hinder thigh piece, and in the center prudence is seen robed in red. Charity sitting in a fiery chariot and with a branch of laurel in her hand, to signify the hope which comes of good service. Messer Antonio Grimani of Venice Companion of Antonio Maria. Footnote, Messer Antonio Gri. His name thus abbreviated island there can be no doubt. Grimani, 
Antonio Grimani was the famous Dutch who in 1499 commanded the Venetian fleet in battle against the Turks. But after the abortive conclusion of the expedition Ludovico being the ally of the Turks who took possession of Friuli, Grimani was driven into exile, he went to live at Rome with his son Cardinal Domenico Grimani. On being recalled to Venice he filled the office of Dutch from 1521 to 1523. Antonio Maria probably means Antonio Maria Grimani, the Patriarch of Aquileia. 675. Fame should be depicted as covered all over with tongues instead of feathers, and in the figure of a bird. 676. Pleasure and pain represent as twins, since there never is one without the other, and as if they were united back to back, since they are contrary to each other. Clay. Gold. If you take pleasure know that he has behind him one who will deal you tribulation and repentance. This represents pleasure together with pain and show them as twins because one is never apart from the other. They are back to back because they are opposed to each other, and they exist as contraries in the same body, because they have the same basis. Inasmuch as the origin of pleasure is labor and pain, and the various forms of evil pleasure are the origin of pain, therefore it is here represented with a reed in his right hand which is useless and without strength, and the wounds it inflicts are poisoned. In Tuscany they are put to support beds, to signify that it is here that vain dreams come, and here a great part of life is consumed, it is here that much precious time is wasted, that island in the morning, when the mind is composed and rested, and the body is made fit to begin new labors, there again many vain pleasures are enjoyed, both by the mind in imagining impossible things, and by the body in taking those pleasures that are often the cause of the failing of life, and for these reasons the reed is held as their support. Footnote, 8. Tribolationi. In the drawing caltrops may be seen lying in the old man's right hand. Others are falling and others again are shown on the ground. Similar caltrops are drawn in this tribe. Page 98 and underneath them. As well as on page 96 the words Triboli di Ferro are written. From the accompanying text it appears that they were intended to be scattered on the ground at the bottom of ditches to hinder the advance of the enemy. Count Giulio Poro who published a short account of the Trivolzion is in the Archivio Storico Lombardo. And OVII Part IV December 31st, 1881 has this note on the passages treating of Triboli, e chia di un troce any somno quando ven fabricato la nuova cavalleria presso il castello di Milano. Northeast Furona Trovati Duce Io Hovedu and Erano Precisamente Quali Asi Trovano Discreti e Designati di Leonardo in Questo Codice. There can therefore be no doubt that this means of defense was in general use, whether it were originally Leonardo's invention or not. The play on the word, tribolationi, as it occurs in the drawing at Oxford, must then have been quite intelligible. Footnote, 922. These lines, in the original, are written on the left side of the page and refer to the figure shown on pi. LXI. Next to it is placed the group of three figures given in pi. LX number I lines 21 and 22, which are written under it, are the only explanation given. Evil thinking is either envy or ingratitude. 677. Envy must be represented with a contemptuous motion of the hand towards heaven, because if she could she would use her strength against God, make her with her face covered by a mask of fair seeming, show her as wounded in the eye by a palm branch and by an olive branch, and wounded in the ear by laurel and myrtle to signify that victory and truth are odious to her. Many thunderbolts should proceed from her to signify her evil speaking. 
Let her be lean and haggard because she is in perpetual torment. Make her heart gnawed by a swelling serpent, and make her with a quiver with tongues serving as arrows, because she often offends with it. Give her a leopard skin, because this creature kills the lion out of envy and by deceit. Give her to a vase in her hand full of flowers and scorpions and toads and other venomous creatures. Make her ride upon death, because envy, never dying, never tires of ruling. Make her a bridle and load her with diverse kinds of worms because all her weapons are deadly. Toleration, intolerable. No sooner is virtue born than envy comes into the world to attack it, and sooner will there be a body without a shadow than virtue without envy. Footnote, the larger of the two drawings on Pi. LXI is explained by the first 21 lines of this passage, L22 and 23, which are written above the space between the two drawings, do not seem to have any reference to either. L2427 are below the allegorical twin figure which they serve to explain. 678. When Pluto's paradise is opened, then there may be devils placed in twelve pots like openings into hell. Here will be death, the furies, ashes, many naked children weeping, living fires made of various colors. 679. John the Baptist St. Augustine St. Peter Paul Elizabeth St. Clara. Bernardino Our Lady Louis Bonaventure Anthony of Padua, St. Francis, Francis, Anthony, a lily and book, Bernardino with the monogram of Jesus, Louis with three euros Eurydice on his breast and the crown at his feet, Bonaventure with seraphim, St. Clara with the tabernacle, Elizabeth with a queen's crown, footnote, 679, the text of the first six lines is written within a square space of the same size as the copy here given. The names are written in the margin following the order in which they are here printed. In line 712 the names of those saints are repeated of whom it seemed necessary to point out the emblems. List of drawings. 680. A head. Full face. Of a young man with fine flowing hair. Many flowers drawn from nature. A head. Full face. With curly hair. Certain figures of Saint Jerome. The measurements of a figure. Drawings of furnaces. A head of the duke. Many designs for knots. Four studies for the panel of Saint Angelo a small composition of Girolamo di Figline. A head of Christ done with the pen. Eight Saint Sebastians. Several compositions of angels. A chalcedony. A head in profile with fine hair. Some pictures seen in. Perspective. Some machines for ships. Some machines for waterworks. A head. A portrait of Italanda raising her face. The head of Geronimo di Figline. The head of Gian Francisco Borso. Several throats of old women. Several heads of old men. Several nude figures. Complete. Several arms. Eyes. Feet. And positions. A Madonna. Finished. Another. Nearly in profile. Head of Our Lady ascending into heaven. A head of an old man with long chin. A head of a gypsy girl. A head with a hat on. A representation of the passion. A cast. A head of a girl with her hair gathered in a knot. A head with the brown hair dressed. Footnote, 680. This has already been published by Amoretti Memori Storici Cap. XVI. His reading varies somewhat from that here given. EGL 5 and 6. Serti San Girolami in Sudana Figura, and instead of I-13. And San Bastiano. Footnote, 680. 9. Multi de Gruppi. Vizari in his life of Leonardo I.D. 21. Education and Mylanius I 1880 says, Ultra Shapers Tempo Fino de Segnere Gruppi di Cord Fafi Con Ordine. 
Echada un capo sigasitu to il resto fino al altro. Tanto chase and piacy on tanda, chase southeast northeast veda in estampo uno difficilissimo e molto bello. E nel mezzo vi sono queste parole, Leonard is Vinci Academia. Gruppi must here be understood as a technical expression for those twisted ornaments which are well known through woodcuts. Amoretti mentions six different ones in the Ambrosian Library. I am indebted to Mdlibiordi for kindly informing me that the original blocks of these are preserved in his department in the Bibliothèque Nationale in Paris. On the cover of these volumes is a copy from one of them. The size of the original is 2312 cm by 2614. The center portion of another is given on page 361. Gigovi remarks on these ornaments Saggio page 22. Code Stigruppi ran probabilmente destinati a server di modello afferi di ari ligatori per adorner li cartel di li scolari. Fregi somiliantissimi e questi troviano infati impressi in oro sui cartoni di vari volumi contemporanei. Elevatium per figurare nel lettere iniziali di alcun edizioni del tempo. Durer who copied them, omitting the inscription, added to the second impressions his own monogram. In his diary he designates them simply as, by such as noted, see Bowsing. Life of Adria Rai 362. 363. In Leonardo's MSS, we find here and there little sketches or suggestions for similar ornaments. Compared to Giano and Giari, Lurdi in Milano, page 315 where an ornament of the same character is given from the old decorations of the vaulted ceiling of the sacristy of S. Maria del Grazie. Footnote, 680. 17. The meaning in which the word copy, literally pictures, is here used I am unable to determine, but a change to copy seems to me too doubtful to be risked. 681. Stubborn rigor. Doomed rigor. Footnote, CPI. Alexii. Number 2. The two upper pen and ink drawings. The originals. In the Windsor collection are slightly washed with color. The background is blue sky, the plow and the instrument with the compass are reddish brown. The sun is tinted yellow. 682. Obstacles cannot crush me. Every obstacle yields to stern resolve. He who is fixed to a star does not change his mind. Footnote. This text is written to elucidate two sketches which were obviously the first sketches for the drawings reproduced on plural alexii. Number 2. 683. Ivy is a type of longevity. 684. Truth the Sunday falsehood a mask. Innocence. Malignity. Fire destroys falsehood, that is sophistry, and restores truth, driving out darkness. Fire may be represented as the destroy of all sophistry, and as the image and demonstration of truth, because it is light and drives out darkness which conceals all essences or subtle things. Footnote, CPI. Alexii. L18R in the middle of the page, 1. 914 to the right below, 1. 1522 below in the middle column. The rest of the text is below the sketches on the left. There are some other passages on this page relating to geometry. Truth. Fire destroys all sophistry. That is deceit, and maintains truth alone. That is gold. Truth at last cannot be hidden. Dissimulation is of no avail. Dissimulation is to no purpose before so great a judge. Falsehood puts on a mask. Nothing is hidden under the Sunday fire is to represent truth because it destroys all sophistry and lies and the mask is for lying and falsehood which conceal truth. 685. Movement will cease before we are weary of being useful. Movement will fail sooner than usefulness. Death sooner than I am never weary of weariness. Being useful, 
in serving others I is a motto for carnival, cannot do enough, without fatigue, no labor is sufficient to tire me, hands into which ducats and precious stones fall like snow, they never become tired by serving, but this service is only for its utility and not for our eye and never weary own benefit, of being useful, naturally nature has so disposed me, 686, this shall be placed in the hand of ingratitude, what nourishes the fire that consumes it, 687, to represent ingratitude, when the sun appears which dispels darkness in general, you put out the light which dispelled it for you in particular for your need and convenience, 688, on this side Adam and Eve on the other, O misery of mankind, of how many things do you make yourself the slave for money, footnote, CPI, Alexivi, the figures of Adam and Eve in the clouds here alluded to would seem to symbolize their superiority to all earthly needs, 689, thus are base unions sundered, 690, constancy does not begin, but is that which perceives.